we have Christians, we all, all of us here, we have a gift from God. And what is that gift I'm talking about? I'm talking about the love of God literally flowing through us. But what is this love? Is it, is it simply grudgingly doing things for God out of obligation simply because we bear his name? Or is it simply praying for others? Or is it being nice to strangers and, and people that come to our church here? What is the love of God and, and what does it look like? Where does it come from and how important is it? We're going to answer those questions here in a minute. And I want us to take this message today to rejuvenate our faith and also to motivate us to start truly living the way God has planned for all of us. Because love is the foundation for everything that is done in God's name and, and in particular, God's love. And this love for that should actually flow through the Christian soul the same way blood flows through our physical bodies. Now the word love shows up in the Bible 551 times. And this is not counting the derivatives of that, which are loved, loves, loving, or examples of love through stories. That's literally just the word love. Therefore, I think one can conclude just based off of that that love is very important to God. And likewise, it should be for us too. But out of all of those scriptures that contain that word or have derivatives of that or have a story about love, I think that uh, 1 John 3, 16 to 18, explains love perfectly from every angle. So if you want to turn your Bibles now there, you can. And here's what it says. It says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. For if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. There's three verses here, and this, these three verses highlight three crucial points of what God's love is and what it looks like. So let's look at those one by one. Verse 16 has the first one. And it said, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. This verse starts off by telling us what love is, and in particular, what the love of God is. It says, By this we know love. John is about to tell us what that is. What is this? All of those questions we raised earlier are about to be answered. How are we to live? God wants us to love one another. Well, what does that actually look like? He gives us an answer and he says that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. This passage is blatantly and obviously referring to Jesus and his ultimate sacrifice. But... It's also referring to Jesus' sacrificial life as well. That is John's answer. That is love that is full and complete. Jesus is love. Jesus showed love. Jesus lived a life of love. 
Jesus' whole life was actually living for others. He always put others first. He didn't heal when he found time or after he did his, uh, he paid his bills or, or, he, or anything like that. He healed out of love. And expressing that love was his number one priority. This is what drove him to teach, to pray, to go town to town, to wash his disciples' feet. And ultimately, that's what drove him to die. It was all for us. It was not to please himself, even though it did please him. It was actually to please the Father. Every moment of every day was spent expressing his love for the human race. And how did he show it? Did he simply just say, you know, hey, I love you, John, and, and, and then go do his own thing? Obviously not. He expressed his love. He expressed his love through actions which backed up his words. His love was natural, it was pure, and it was deep. His life was a life of sacrifice, and he did it all for us. His love drove him to put others first. And this, John says, is love. Verse 16 says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. We know what love is, what God expects of us, because of what Jesus did, because he showed us exactly what it is. He put others first too. That is love. What, what drove Jesus to go to the cross? It was love. The end of verse 16 says, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. We, as Christ followers who are saved by grace, are to mimic this very love. For the same love that flows through us is the same love that flowed through Jesus. The same. So what does lay down our lives mean? Scripture wants us to do so. So what does this mean? Well, let's look at Jesus again, as this verse calls us to do. How did Jesus lay down his life? So obviously, he physically laid down his life for us, dying so that we can live. So does this passage mean that we should literally die for someone else so that they may live? The answer is yes. It shouldn't even be a question because God's love is flowing through us. So if a robber pulls a gun out and is about to shoot one of us in here, our love for them, our love for the other person who is, that is given by God should actually motivate us to go and take that bullet for them. Obviously, is this easy to do? No, it isn't. It isn't. But this passage says so much more than simply just that. Laying down our lives also means that others come first in our lives. That our lives are here to serve their lives. My life is to serve your life. Just look at Jesus. Isn't, isn't that what he did? Look at everything he did. It was to serve. Am I wrong or are we just not doing what God calls us to do? Could you even imagine a world where Christians, honestly and wholeheartedly, with all their effort, put others before themselves on a daily basis? Even in this very church, could you imagine how God's love 
and his name could grow within our church and within the community if we did that. The possibilities are endless. But we have to first start living like Jesus in this manner before any of that can happen. All Christians have this love. And they have it because God gave it to them and it's for this very purpose. So what's stopping us from doing this? It's sin. Sin strangles this love. It's selfishness that strangles this love. Our love as Christians should actually turn from the inward to outward. How are, how, how are others supposed to know God or become closer to God if you, as God's agent, don't do our job in, in spreading this love? We are here to give love, to show love. So look at yourself. Are, are you a good giver? What's your motivation to even spread it? Do you even have a motivation to give it? Or are you just keeping it all yourself? We are here to show love and share it and not to bottle it up. Verse 16 is basically saying, be like Christ in every way who did everything out of love and for the purpose of spreading God's love. Spread this love and do it not for personal gain or for pleasure. But do it to show them that God loves them as much as he loves you. That's your reward. If you are a selfish person, which we are in some way, but some are more than others, this, this teaching is not easy. God's love demands and forces us out into the world. God doesn't look at us and say, oh, you're an introvert, so these scriptures don't apply to you. No. You are still called to share God's love. Being like Christ, we are to be selfless and not selfish. Our way of life is no longer like everyone else's who simply live to please themselves in every single way. Our time now is for them. My time now is for you. To say you are a selfish Christian is actually an oxymoron. Jesus lived for others. And that is what we should do. It's live for others out of love, mimic Christ. And that's what verse 16 says. So let's move on to the next verse. Verse 17. Verse 16 showed us what perfect and complete love looks like. And now that Jesus gave us that perfect example of that. But verse 17 and verse 18 focus on two of those aspects of love that we brought up earlier in verse 16. One of those is to love others first, which is highlighted now in verse 17. Verse 17 says, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against them, how does God's love abide in him? Here we have John essentially saying that if you see an opportunity to show God's love, which we all do, and you don't do it, then you don't have God's love flowing through you. When, not if, but when you see your brother in need, and your brother that is a fellow believer in church, and you have the means to help them, and you do help them, that is following Jesus. This is the definition of following Christ. You put that person above, your, above yourself and you serve them. To shut your heart and refuse the help, John says, is to show that God's love has no place in you. You say you're Christian, but do you show you're a Christian? 
If I need money to pay the rent this month and you hear my problem and you have enough to help me out and do not, honestly, what does that say about you? We may rationalize reasons why we can't, but you know deep down in your heart that you can and you choose not to. What does that say? What does that say about how much you obey this command and put others first? We are all one body of believers, one big family. Why don't we always act like this? Put others first all day, every day. Love requires a recipient. You don't just keep it up. To have love means you have to show it. Our recipient is others. And in particular in this verse, it's other Christians. Our Christian brothers and sisters. And this is the crucial point for the scripture, I think, for, for verse 17. If we can't properly spread God's love within the church... How do we honestly expect to go out throughout Ford City? To go out in Pennsylvania and to spread out even further than that into you know, the country and then to the world. The church level is where it all starts. This is your closest knit family. It should be at least the Christian family. The opportunities don't arise more than this. Use every opportunity to glorify God by spreading his love within the church. We all want to grow and to make disciples, but what are we doing in the church first? We have to have a good core here first, and then we can naturally overflow into the community. That's why it's so crucial for us. I'm not touting Tuesday night for the prayer, but it just naturally comes up. Things like that. How do we expect to grow if we're not growing within ourselves, spiritually. So if I give someone a ride home today, which was motivated by God, the love that God has given me, I would expect to thank you. Yes, I would. But more so, I would expect that person saw God in me, thus causing them to praise God and not me. That love that offered him a ride came from God, thus ultimately causing me, the one who gave that person a ride, not to get bloated up in his pride as to say, look at me and look at, what, look at the good deed that I did, but instead to say thank you to God for this love. And I pray that that person thanks you as well. But God's love is to put others first at all times. So the third point now, verse 18, sums up this whole passage and it says, little children, let us not love in word, or talk, but in deed and in truth. You know, Shannon's not here today, but my wife, how, how does she know that I love her? Is it simply because I say the three words, I love you? Or does she know by what I do that causes her to know that I love her? You know, don't actions speak louder than those three words? My actions back up and fulfill those words. And the same is with God's love with us. God wants to use us to show his love. Embrace this gift and, and pray for it more and use it daily. Love demands us to have action. Not just words, but actions backing up those words. Jesus backed up his words with actions of love, as shown in verse 16 as we looked at. You know, you say you have love with your mouth, but you must show love with your hands. That is true, real love. That is the love for others that God gives all who are his. Now, 
You may remember this scripture that we're looking at today because I did mention it earlier whenever we looked at James. James 2, 15 to 16. And you probably don't remember what it says, so I'm going to read it for you. James 2, 15 to 16 says, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical need, what good is it? So this would be like me seeing a poor homeless person come in church today and saying out of love, I'll pray for you that you keep warm tonight. You know, does that make sense? Honestly, does that make any sense? I'm going to a warm home and I'm basically saying, God, take care of him, but don't use me to take care of him. You know, how selfish is that? I am the one that is to help him. I am the agent through whom God's love can be expressed to that poor man so that God may get the glory. Back up our words with actions. God doesn't want to hear about love. He wants to see his love. Let your actions of love do the speaking for you. So as Christians, let's not simply talk about our love. Let's not simply sing about love. Let's put our love into action and make it real. That is true love. That is God's love which he showed perfectly through Jesus Christ. We need to find work. Fine words will never take the place of deeds. They just won't. No amount of Christian love will ever take the, the place of an action to a man in need of self-sacrificial love. So what do we make of these verses? What are we to do? Obviously, we are to spread the love of God, which God has given through to all of us. Do it by our mouths and our hands. God shows us his love on a daily basis. He gave us a perfect example of what he expects of us through Jesus. We are to be like Christ, to stop being selfish, to live to serve. Serve out of our natural love. Look for and search for opportunities to spread his love. We need to make this the very reason why we live. And it is to start here in this church. And it will naturally then spread throughout the community. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, oh, how we need you in this uh, lesson, in, this, in, this, in applying this scripture for us today. We need you, Lord, to help us to spread your love. And help us, Lord, to spread it within ourselves here in this church. As we all come from different backgrounds and have different situations, Lord, help us to spread it. Help us to take interest in others who are here today. For the very purpose of wanting to be agents of your love. Wanting to show others that you love them, Lord. Help us, Lord, to live self-sacrificial lives. Lives that are simply just clay and putty in your hands. That are wanting to, willing to, and, and ready to be molded by you in any way that you see fit. But we know, Lord, from this scripture and countless others that you want us to show your love. Help us, Lord, to show that love to one another here today. Help us to take interest in others' lives here today. And I pray, Lord, that it will naturally then overflow outside of this building's walls into all the others who are out there hurting and wanting and, and needing to hear of the good news of everlasting life. But help it to be evident within this body of believers first so that this may be a witness to you, Lord 
that this may be a witness to the rest of the community of what it means to show love. Forgive us for not being the agents of your love in so many ways, for putting ourselves before others, for bottling up the love that you have put in our hearts, for, for making excuses for not showing love, as we all have done in some manner or another. Forgive us, Lord, and, and help us to repent of it. Show us our sin, Lord, no matter how hard it may be to see. Show us our sin and may we weep over it. But may that weeping not just be drowned us, drowning us in our own tears, but may it cause in us our spirit that you have placed in us to stir up our love for you that you have given us as a gift. And may we use the love you have given us. Use it to spread your name and to spread your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's stand and sing, Seek Ye First, hymn number 713, and there is an extra verse there as well, as in your bulletin. And again, I want to thank you, Sherry and Pete for having me on here this morning. The flute really added a, an extra special dimension to our praise this morning. Thank you so much for making the drive. Hopefully we can get you to come back. Thank you. As Corey said, there is an extra verse here, uh, and you look at it, it's, it's uh, pretty easy. This song... The verse that sticks with me is always the last one. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be open unto you. Let's all walk with faith this week. And let's put those words into action. Uh, because our, our God does not make a promise that he doesn't keep if we but have the faith. So let's be faithful people. And let's sing out loud. Seek ye first.
Let's keep our eyes and ears open for the opportunities out there to spread God's love as that's what we are to be, do, to be doing is to be agents of God's love. Heavenly Father, be with us this week as we just simply want to obey your commands as our master. Help us to seek out opportunities of love that your name may be glorified, Lord, through us in Jesus' name. Amen.